Welcome to the Privateer Podcast, an educational and informational podcast brought to you by the folks at Privateer Rum. I'm Maggie Campbell, and I'm the president and head distiller at Privateer, and today I'll be talking about our seasonal gin. We've got a lot of questions about this in the last couple weeks since we've released it, and I think a lot of people are not all familiar with our Caribbean-inspired uh, 100% molasses-based gin. So we're going to dig a little deep on it, but still keep it really fun, and I hope you guys enjoy. All right, guys. So every year we make a seasonal gin that we distill in the winter and release in the early spring. And we've done this for a number of years now, I want to say maybe five or six. Um, and, you know, it's something we make small. Uh, we only really release it locally, but it's something we think is really special. So, I often joke that the world does not need another craft gin, which is a big reason it's not a regular product. I think there's a lot of craft gin out there. But ours was sort of born from our excitement and passion for the ingredients. So folks might not know that I worked in a spice house in college. So I got very passionate about, you know, the difference between a Ceylon clove and a Zanzibar clove, um, or different cinnamons and where they came from. And when I smell some gins, oftentimes I might not get the quality of spice aroma I'm really looking for, um, or the citrus doesn't hit me right. You know, when you buy dried peel, uh, a lot of the oils are gone, um, and certain aroma compounds are lost. And so just being really excited about those um, and having always really enjoyed playing around with gin, I definitely wanted to like try and, and mess around with those flavors again. So we made our first little tiny batch of 500 bottles of gin. And then the following year, we really refined the recipe um, and made it what it is today. Um, so today it is called our Tiki Gin. Um, we're definitely discussing and always analyzing that name. Um, for people who have not seen our Instagram live, I did with the indigenous bartender Chalky Tom um, and Serge from Trailer Happiness addressing the issues of Tiki, cultural appropriation, the violence of the mission system, um, all the way up through how do we decolonize Tiki and address these issues. Um, feel free to reference there for a really in-depth discussion on Tiki and its social impact and how to be conscientious and caring and always reevaluating. So um, this gin uh, was really also born out of wanting to center the Caribbean. And a lot of tiki cocktails are actually Caribbean cocktails. And when you think about gin and the spice trade, obviously colonization and enslavement were a huge part of gin being produced in London and England and bringing spices from those colonies. So, you know, in rum, we're always tackling the hard issue of slavery, but we often don't tackle it in other spirits. Um, you know, American whiskey obviously has a history of enslavement um and gin does as well and i think we should just be honest and transparent about history as our first step towards 
getting to a place where we can even address um, healing before we can even address moving forward. So for me, I really liked as our sort of new world style rum maker, doing this new world style gin where we really focus on highlighting us as a rum producer using 100% molasses and then the flavors that go with rum, um, which often are these Caribbean cocktails that uh, inspired all of Tiki. So the backbone of the flavor of our gin is going to be um, grapefruit and cinnamon. Those are two of my favorite flavors. Um, I really love the way they combine um, and marry together. And for people who don't know, um, it's one of the Dawn's mixes that's used in the zombie is a, is a mix of grapefruit and cinnamon. So it's kind of got this character that grew from there. And then we thought, oh great, let's add granita nutmeg and let's add cinnamon and let's add Jamaican allspice and lime leaves um, from the citrus. And because I'm a bit of a snob about spices, <laughs> we get all the spices whole and we hand grind them ourselves. Um, and we get all the citrus at the height of winter citrus season. So citrus has two seasons. It's biannual and there's summer citrus season and winter citrus season. And I love winter citrus because it retains so much of the oil. It's just crisper and fresher and more delicious. Um, to my personal taste, I remember growing up in LA and waking up on a cool morning and picking an orange out of the tree and juicing it and getting this cold orange juice, um, fresh from the fruit, uh, that I really liked. Um, and so we use the winter citrus, we hand zest it all. Um, and we use a big variety of citrus. We use Meyer lemons, we use satsumas, we use whatever we can get in this particular season because every winter is a little different. Um, obviously lots of grapefruit, some Buddha's hands, all sorts of different limes, uh, Persian limes. Um, and we really, really like to do that as well. And of course it has a backbone of juniper because if it doesn't, then it's just, you know, a fruit and herbal eau de vie. It's not a gin. And we really do want it to taste like gin. So of course you have this more, um, it's not quite bitter, but it's definitely this alpine dark blue flavor coming from the juniper that you're trying to match with all of these citrusy, warm spice tones. And we bridge that gap by using pomegranate. So we cut open and seed a number of pomegranate and that red juicy note really branches those blue tones from the juniper over to the warm spice tones and the yellow citrus tones um, in the gin as well. And of course, you know, grenadine being originally made from pomegranate is a natural tiki ingredient as well. So we are taking from that tradition of those Caribbean cocktails um, that were popularized in America because we are an American distillery. I should say um, continental American distillery because obviously Puerto Rico is part of America as we identify as a country. And then of course, the Caribbean is actually part of um, America, the continent. So we're continental America and that's how a lot of those flavors were brought and introduced to our communities. And I have to say the lime leaf is one of my favorite notes in the gin. Um, 
we learned that trick from Wayne Curtis, who learned it from Ian Burrell. And this is way before I ever met Ian. But I was at Wayne Curtis's house, who is the author of And a Bottle of Rum, and he showed us how if you pick a lime leaf out of the tree and put it in the shaker to shake the daiquiri, it bruises up the leaf and releases this incredible botanical aroma. Um, and he said he learned that from Ian when Ian was visiting his house. So that's how that came to be in there. Um, I had seen Jeff Berry talk uh, in Boston about the zombie cocktail and discovering the grapefruit cinnamon combination. So of course that came to mind. Um, and also, <laughs> importantly, we hang a pineapple in the still when we distill it. And we get asked all the time if this actually imparts any flavor. And one of the tricks is we cut the bottom of the pineapple off so that the interior, that golden juicier interior is exposed in the still. And a still run is about six to eight hours. So yeah, it influences the flavor. And when you start the still, the wash in the bottom of the still is pretty clear. Um, and when we're done with the still for the day and we drain it, it has this cloudy golden yellow color from all the pineapple juice that has come out of the pineapple. So basically, as you distill it, vapor passes up and around the pineapple. It also condenses onto the pineapple and drips down the pineapple back into the still and it creates a really nice flavor where it's not just like the fruity flesh of the pineapple. You also get a little pineapple leaf and a little pineapple skin. Um, it's really, really botanical that way. And we think it adds a nice like juiciness to the palate. Um, and I also remember stumbling across some traditional tropical cocktails that had gin in them and really wondering like what on earth gin would taste good with those. Um, and so of course it was really exciting to make this style as well. And also no one else was really making that style of gin. You know, I've seen a bunch of lavender gins and a bunch of floral gins and even a number of tea infused gins, which for the record, I really enjoy. Um, but I hadn't seen a lot of these tropical tiki gins. Um, and so, yeah, we were just really excited to, to do this. So the way it's made for the actual spirit base is we take 100% molasses and we ferment it and distill it the same way we do our New England white rum. So if you need to check back on that episode to hear in detail how that's made, we go through that entire process to make our New England white rum. And with the fresh rum off the still, uh, we'll pump that into a tank. And we proof that tank to a very specific proof. Um, and then we invite bartenders from uh, Boston to come up and help us to zest um, all the citrus and seed all the pomegranate and grind up all the spices. And we fill up a very large um, stainless steel food grade immersion mesh bag that we then immerse into this distillate. And we follow the Black Forest of Germany immersion geist method um, of two nights and one day. So what that all means is in the Black Forest of Germany, they're very famous for their eau de vie. And a lot of their eau de vie is made by taking a neutral spirit and immersing an herb or a citrus or a fruit in it for two nights and one day. So say you put it in 
Monday evening, it would sit all day Tuesday, and then you would pull it out um, Wednesday morning, and then it would be ready to distill. And they feel that this gives you that purity and freshness and expressiveness of whatever herbs or spices or fruit you're soaking um, into the distillation. Whereas a basket may not necessarily pick up all of the flavors you want the way that you want them to. Um, It can be overly contacted on the skins and shells of different things as opposed to actually macerating with the interiors of them. So we are really excited to bring that process on, um, which is something I had learned totally separate from (laughs) this gin making, uh, but utilized it in this way. So after that immersion bag comes out after the two nights and one day, um, that comes to our farm and is composted, which smells amazing. The spirit is pumped into the still. It's then diluted down to a strength that is safe for distilling. And we hang a pineapple in the still for that distillation. And then it's distilled for this third time. So obviously, you know, our still is not capable of distilling totally, completely, and utterly neutral spirit. Um, it's obviously going to have a little bit of a, of a cane undertone, which we like to think of one of the botanicals of the spirit. Um, and then after this distillation is done, again, we'll sort of run it in a very specific way to make sure that the gin is not going to cloud up uh, when you add ice or water, even though um, it's completely unfiltered. So you know me and my obsession with not filtering spirits. Um, Filter will always remove some element of character, and I want to leave in as much texture and aroma and delicacy and layers and collective harmony as I can. I don't want to remove anything and have it taste clinical or unbalanced or non-holistic. So we leave it totally unfiltered. Um, and then we proof it down very gently to 105 proof. Um, we proof down in small steps over a number of days and it sits in that tank for about three months while it ripens. Um, so the flavors begin to esterify and ever so subtly evolve through oxidation. So that fresh, fresh, juicy pineapple becomes more pineapple marmalade and more dried pineapple as we've talked about before. And that fresh, fresh pomegranate becomes a little bit more juicier, um, you know, pomegranate jam. And yeah, some of that savory cinnamon clove earthiness comes out as well. And then when it's ready for bottling after three months, we add the very last amount of proofing water. We drop it to 95 proof and then we bottle it. So that proof was decided Um, Among us as a team, I made a number of blind samples of the exact same gin at, I think it was 90, 92, 94, 95, 96, 98, and 100 proof. And I had the team all taste it blind. And it's amazing how you really want to match the proof to the character of the spirit and how even just one degree can deliver the flavors totally differently on the palate. And so the team unanimously chose 95%, which I love. It really makes um, certain elements of the flavor. I would say 
the pineapple, clove, cinnamon, and grapefruit really sing um, right at that proof. And that's the proof that it's at. And uh, as of right now, it's still named Tiki Gin. We've talked a lot about how um, in Tiki, you know, if you just change the name, you haven't washed away the problem. It can make you feel like your hands are clean. Um, And we've worked a lot with the indigenous community to hear if, you know, if they really say, please don't use it, we won't use it, of course. But do we want to change it because then we feel like we don't have to deal with it? Or do we want to use it and then talk about it and talk about some of the issues of Tiki appropriating people's religious identities or Tiki exploiting images of young brown and black women being sexually exploited on Tiki mugs um, or objectified? Um, So for us, it is still named Tiki and we're happy to address the issues. Um, We have talked a lot about it going to tropical But at the same time, we are not in the tropics. We are not a Caribbean distillery. Um, You know, we want to explain what it is we are doing by honoring the fact that our gin is rum-based and playing with the flavors of rum as a continental North American distillery. So we're continually looking and continually striving um, to think about it and adjust And after this year's exploration and discussion and panels and mini seminars um, on it, we've decided to land here for now. But of course, we're ever changing. So my favorite cocktail to make with this is a Negroni in a hollowed out pineapple. (laughs) I like to get one of those like spigots you get for like putting in a watermelon for like a giant punch for a barbecue. Uh, And I like to drill it into a pineapple that's been hollowed out and then fill the pineapple with uh, Negroni ingredients um, so that, and like big hunks of ice so that it's like a little spigot you can pull off of all night and it gives it an extra little pineapple deliciousness. Um, I know that Nika over at the Baldwin Bar makes the Negroni that has like a little bit of like cacao in it. It's like this creamy delicious chocolatey note that I absolutely love. Um, And of course, um, I've been really fortunate to have this gin with a Ramos Gin Fizz for brunch and all those tropical flavors really couldn't be any better. So that's a little bit of a very quick wrap and our seasonal gin. This year we made 2,500 bottles. That's pretty much what we make every year. It's really only for sale in Massachusetts, and when it's out, it runs out. Um, It usually hangs around, so we typically release it on May Day, May 1st. This year it was released a little bit later because COVID kind of reared its ugly head and slowed down all our work so we could ensure everyone was being safe. Um, But it usually lasts till about, I would say, fall pretty easily so you can usually find it around till then which honestly like fall time like a good cinnamon delicious tiki kind of drink um in the fall I really really love um kind of that last kiss of summeriness while you get all those sort of warming fall seasonal flavors with from the cinnamon and the clove and the nutmeg it's like kind of ideal for me so yeah I hope that sheds some light on our seasonal gin. I know we're keeping it brief today, but um, 
I just wanted to be sure we covered that and answered anyone's questions. Of course, uh, reach out if you need anything else. And please, please um, tag us in your cocktails that you make with this seasonal gin if you're lucky enough to get your hands on it. Thank you for spending your time with me today. I really hope you enjoyed my chat on our seasonal tiki tropical gin. And we've got more podcasts coming up for you. You can find us at Privateer Rum on Instagram, Privateer Rum on Facebook, and my personal handle is at Half Pint Maggie on Instagram. Please join us next time. Cheers and thanks.